Hey, this is James from survivalpunk.com, and this is a Survival Punk Rewind. Yes, so this week Mike and I will both be on vacation with our families. Um, obviously, we're not running off to a romantic bro getaway, so we're going to vacation, and I found an episode we did on surviving survival on a vacation, so I felt that the topic was fantastically perfect. Uh, and really fit in, so um, I don't. Uh, I didn't want to go a week without without a podcast episode. That's just not um, after after two years of no podcast downloads. I'm not gonna go a week without a podcast. By God, we're gonna have a podcast. Just as a quick update, um, thank you, thank you, everyone that everyone that came back. Um, and everyone that's a new listener, thank you. Um, I had, I, I didn't really have a whole lot of expectations. I didn't know, I didn't know if any of y'all would come back to the show after a two year hiatus. You know, I just, I felt that I had to do the podcast again for me. And I felt, I felt an obligation to use guys. Um, so in the last 30 days since putting the podcast out, I have, I, so the podcast has been out for a month and a half now. The last 30 days of that month and a half, I've had 1,055 listens. So 1,055 people decided to listen to the podcast the past 30 days. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm just blessed that y'all came back. So Really, really want to build this podcast back up to where it should be. Uh, the most electrifying podcast on survival entertainment, my friends. So, with that said, we're going to jump into the episode. Um, if some of the things... So, this is this is around... This episode came out around the year 2016. So, um, if something is non... A lot of the information should be pretty much... It, I mean, surviving on vacation is going to be the same, you know, all the time. Um, some of the, some of the like temporal things discussed in the podcast, just kind of let them go. Um, this was, man, I think it was still, it may have been pre Donald Trump's first, pre Donald Trump's first presidency. Um, so some of the some of the articles about that may not jive, but the rest of it is solid, good information. And with that, I pass it off to Pass Mike and James. Pass Mike and James, take it away. Tonight, James builds a glory hole. Mike shoots a pawn in prison, and we go do cocaine at Disney World. So, Mike has died of testicular cancer. He will not be on this episode. He lost both balls. He is ballless, and he died of not having balls. I did not lose my balls. They're in your mouth. 
This is Couch Potato Mike back in the driver's seat. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike threw the the not the steering wheel at me. He threw a curveball at me right before he said, "He's like, go ahead and make like it's a solo episode." And then I was like, "I, I, I do Mike, not Mike talk has died. Like that. Mike has died. I do not talk like I'm from Jamaica. Jamaica. Yes. Uh, Jamaicans talk like this. No, Jamaicans. Oh yeah, because they don't talk. and I talk like this, man. Correct. Oh yeah, and I gotta say something about fucking people from Wisconsin. And Yef, I hope you're listening to this. Your people come to the South and drive like assholes. In the past two weeks, I have been cut off by two different frickin' minivans of all fucking things from Wisconsin. And I know there were two different people. They were different colors. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I just look. Assholes cut me off. I look at the plates. Wisconsin plates. Yef, I love you, bro. But tell your people to stay the fuck out of my state if they're going to drive like that. You know, I bet it was those uh, those hoodlums, them yabos that went up to Wisconsin and stole those uh, truck, truck, truck shipments of cheese. Someone was stealing Wisconsin cheese. Somebody was stealing Wisconsin cheese? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, they're like cheese smugglers. Oh, my God. You cheese know, smugglers. I, you know, that's not that far-fetched. Uh, a while back, I heard about uh, this big freaking uh, like Canadian maple syrup like smuggling ring. They were like stealing massive uh, massive quantities of maple syrup from these warehouses, and they're like fucking selling them black market style in the states. Wow, wow. Yeah, we we don't we don't have anything that makes syrup here. Brown gold, sticky. No. I mean, fucking. I mean, like selling the hell. I mean, all black market, like selling it to like uh like maple syrup places down here, like on the cheap. Yeah. I, <laughs> speaking of black market, I saw this sign uh, on Facebook, like, some guy was like, if they come and take your guns, go to the black market. I'm like, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, go to the black market, fuck it. Don't yeah. be on there. <laughs> they will be on there. Yeah, probably the same guns they took from you. Yeah, fucking government. Yeah, they're going to take our guns so they can go sell them to Mexico or some uh, mil- uh, Middle Eastern country so they can start a revolution to then get pissed at us and then come fight us as terrorists. Of course they are. Yeah. I mean, you realize that basically it was the United States government that funded and pretty much helped Osama bin Laden found the Taliban. Yeah, and and ISIS, and... Paid for all of his training and everything. Paid, fucking trained his troops. Yeah, to help, yeah for an ally against Russia, and we see how well that ended up. Yeah, see, that, that comes back to my philosophy of we need to get, our, our military needs to get out of every other country in the world, and we need to make the best border army ever. I mean, I don't even mind immigration, like, I... <laughs> no, I don't mind immigration. They're going to build the wall and pay for it. No, no, no. I mean, I don't care about Mexicans or anyone coming into our country. We just need to stop enemy combatants. From from hostile actions in America, like for God's sake, we're in a million countries throughout the world, and we couldn't stop a couple of terrorist box cutters from crashing planes. Yeah, obviously we know that's a, you know, um, but still, that's that's retarded. Like if that was in fact the case, which, uh, that's what I'm saying. Um, there's there's for that to have happened is a disgrace for everything. I mean, mm-hmm. um, if if it happened. Completely, like, if 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 the party line they gave us is correct, then that's a complete disgrace. If, like, you and me believe that the government had at least some, some uh, part of that, 
then it's so much worse than that. Um, Michael Moore, eat a bowl of dicks. Uh, so was that just like was that just like a gratuitous Michael Moore eat a bowl of dicks? Well, he had that Fahrenheit nine eleven movie uh, that I saw was maybe his. He's been back in the news recently. Yeah, yeah. For he refused to show his newest movie, whatever it is, I have no idea. In in I think all of North Carolina because they passed some anti queer lesbian bill thing. I don't. I think I think maybe I didn't even read it. I think maybe it was one of those uh, the bathroom things that Facebook is all offended about now. Oh yeah, I'm gonna talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, which after you do your rant, I'll chime in my thoughts, but. I don't. <laughs> Dude, I walk in the middle of the fucking street and take a piss. Like, I'll, I don't give a shit. Yeah. If you want to see my dick while I'm peeing, yes, you're a problem. I mean, cause, I mean, as it is now, we can't, like, there are probably gay men in bathrooms. Well, I mean, if if they are they so inclined, so, I mean. to go somewhere. Yeah. I mean, if you're a guy and you pee in the men's bathroom... You have seen a wiener at some point. There's always that crusty old man that doesn't give a shit, turns around, dick hanging out while he tries to pull up his pants that are around his knees. I, I mean... You know, I, I can honestly say I've been in, like, many, many public restrooms. I've never seen anybody's dick in there. Not so. even a little bit? Not even, like... No. Really? I don't go looking. What the fuck's wrong with you? Whatever. It's... I think I'm saying, like, they're, I, they're, I, like I, I've I, seen old men just, like, turn around with their dick hanging out. It's I, like... I'm not like you. I don't go to the bathroom. I'm in the bathhouse. Whatever. You're glory hole finding, bitch. You didn't see it because it's in your mouth hole. Oh, you're the one wanting to build a glory hole onto the side of your house. <laughs> that, that was a urinal. <laughs> that was... That, it was a hole in the wall. To pee in through. the restroom. That was a glory hole. Uh... Man, the most ghetto bathroom ever. Just pee through a hole in the wall. <laughs> Where's your pee go? Well, well, if I pee really hard, I hit Mike's house. Otherwise, it falls down. <laughs> Jesus fucking yeah. But what do we have coming up today on today's show? Coming up today, we're going to be talking about a new Washington state law. We're going to be talking about how the election is actually getting funded. I'm going to be taking you on a magical trip to Orlando and telling you how to survive down there. We're going to be discussing the five pillars of optimal health, and we're going to be talking about the new place where we like to hang out. And I'm going to rant a little and bit. And get mo- shredded. Yes. And I'm going to rant a little bit more about what it's like being gay in the USA. Not that I would know, but I've heard a lot of shit in the news. Uh-huh. So, now it is time for, and speaking of that, it is time for us to do the news. Starting with a new Washington state law. If you hit it, you eat it. I actually think Tennessee has something. No, Tennessee has a law saying that you can eat it. Um, <clears throat> this comes from 1027cord.com, which is probably a radio station. Yeah! <laughs> uh, this is, this is a rather morbid, but, this is rather morbid, but albeit, a new law has been passed in Washington State by the Washington Fish and Wildlife Commission, allows God damn it, Cord, you can't write. Use a comma for fuck's sake. <laughs> God damn DJ. <laughs> a new law has been passed by Washington State by the Washington Fish and Wildlife Commission allows people to salvage deer or elk killed in motor vehicle accidents under certain situations. <laughs> the law was not previously allowed under state law. A new rule will take effect until July 
The new rule will not take effect until July 2016 to give the Department of Fish and Wildlife time to develop the administrative procedures necessary to implement this new rule, according to the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Provisions of the new rule. It is permissible to salvage and transport a deer or elk that is accidentally killed by a motor vehicle collision, except for any deer killed by a motor vehicle collision in Clark, Cowlitz, and Waukeakum counties. These three counties were excluded to prevent potential conflicts with laws regarding the area's Colombian white-tailed deer population, which is listed as endangered under the Federal Endangered Species Act. A salvage permit must be obtained from the department within 24 hours of taking possession of the animal. Permits may be obtained on the department's website or at a department regional offices. Big game license and tags cannot be used for the purpose of salvaging motor vehicle killed deer or elk. The entire carcass, including entrails of the animal, must be removed from the road right away. Any meat an individual deems unfit for human consumption or unusable animal parts must be disposed of pursuant to WAC 246-203-121. Individuals salvaging and consuming this meat do so at their own risk. The department makes no guarantee as to the fitness for consumption of deer or elk collected under a salvage permit. See Wild Game Meat Food Safety. An individual may not kill or injure a... In, kill an injured or wounded animal that they encounter for the purpose of salvage. Only a law enforcement officer or individuals or entity authorized by the department may euthanize an animal injured in a motor vehicle collision, and that deer or elk may be taken for salvage. Possession of wildlife in violation of subsection 4 is punishable under RCW uh, 77.15.750. Yeah, I was trying to look up the Tennessee state law, um, which the first article I found comes from the Chicago Tribune, which doesn't make any goddamn sense. They make that really fucking convoluted and not as convenient as it sounds. No, uh, I remember years they, ago reading an article that uh, in Tennessee, if you hit an animal, you are allowed to eat it, or allowed to take it and eat it, uh, a roadkill bill. Because, I mean, obviously, otherwise, you're leaving it in the road... For eventually a state employee to have to come out and then scoop it up and then I don't know do they do they burn them do they throw them in a pot I don't know what they do with roadkill. Um, I, I would think they would have to incinerate them, but that's not to say that they would. Right, right, right. there's that's no telling. That's my assumption. Um, but it, they they have to prepare for procedures and they have to like like I don't that's the government for you like that that was so convoluted and bullshit like how do you. T- they're going to honestly have to create a department of roadkill eating or something. Well, it's weird. Okay, reading that article, basically it says, yes, if you hit it and kill it, you could take it, unless you're in this county where you can't take it, even though it's already dead because it's endangered. It's not endangered But they anymore, didn't, they didn't exclude it. I, I did. And plus, they're making you, if you hit it, you can, t- you can salvage it, but you have to get a permit to do it within 24 hours. Yeah. So does well, that mean it's something on fucking Saturday? I yeah. don't imagine that co- fucking uh, government office is going to be open until the following Monday. Probably not. Which means you have to fucking still leave it. Yeah. Or yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, they make the law to make it more convenient, but then they make it convoluted and make it more difficult. Yeah. You, that, you can take this. Fuck the fact that it damaged your grill. You only have one fucking headlight. You can take it, but you still have to pay us to take it. 
Oh my god, you know what they didn't mention in this article? What's that? How much that permit costs. No, they fucking didn't. You're gonna... You're gonna have to pay to take this roadkill. Oh yeah, that, that fucking caught my eye the second I skimmed across it. I... I... And, and for God's sake, if you're in Tennessee and you know this law by hand and you can send me a link to the official law on the books, um, I would, <coughs> I'd love to read it. But I don't think I don't think Tennessee has – there's no permit. Tennessee doesn't have a permit to eat roadkill. It's it's you have a right to take this animal that you ran over. Which makes sense. Yeah. But my bigger problem is I hate them making laws to define what you can do because by proxy you define what you can't do. Yep. And you, I, I just, I hate that. Like, um, when you make a law, you're also making new criminal charges to comply with that law. You've yeah. now, you're now, okay. If a law doesn't exist, you don't have a criminal. Once a law exists, you now have a new category of criminals. Yeah, and they've created another way to tax us and take our money. Exactly, and that's what this is all about. It's one more fucking. It's one more fucking way because before, okay, I'm, I'm imagine before this, you weren't allowed to take the fucking roadkill. Essentially, I, well, I, I imagine. What, what, did they did they mention there was a law before saying you couldn't? No, do it? they didn't. I didn't see that anywhere uh, in there. This which was just, previously not allowed under state law. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, there was. So, okay. So at some point in history, they decided to make it illegal to take dead animals that you ran over, so instead you have to leave them dead where they lay so a state employee can come pick them up and discard them. And that's why they made this law. Because once you make it a law, once you make it something you can do, then they can slap that fucking uh they can slap that fucking fee on you for doing it. So now you're not only doing a state employee's job by taking it off, but they're getting to charge you for it. Instead of having to pay them more, they're making money off of it. And yeah. not having to pay some schlub to go out there and scrape it up with a shovel. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is... Yeah. Um, you can't fool us! You I, cannot fool us, fucking Washington yeah. State! We know exactly what you're doing. I really feel we have an anarchy episode coming up. Uh, but one of my biggest problems with government is... Glenn Tate, get on that. There's, there's like... He's from up Removing there. a law is damn near impossible, whereas it's it's made in the system to make new laws. Yeah, which so, is why there's still stupid-ass uh, old laws on fucking the books, like in Florida where it's illegal to take rabbits onto trolley cars. There is a county here in Tennessee where the official law says when you come to a four-way stop, you must shoot your pistol out your vehicle up in the air to alert the to alert everyone all around you that you are at the stop. That's only part of it. I actually know the law you're talking about. First, you have to pull up. Then you have to honk your horn. Then you have to wait. Then you have to yell out. Then you have to wait. Then you have to ring a loud bell. Then you have to wait. Then you fire a couple of shotgun blasts up in the air. And after all that, after 30 seconds after you do that, if nothing else is gone, then it's legal to proceed. Hmm. Yeah, that's the law in its entirety. Here's another one for you. And that's um, held over from when cars first started going on the market. Yeah, for everyone that lives in Atlanta, unless it's changed recently, recently, there was a law on the books, because it's impossible to get laws off the books, that Sundays at 1, you are allowed to beat your wife on the steps of the county courthouse with a stick not to be bigger than your thumb. The rule of thumb. The rule of thumb, yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if your wife's talking shit and you live in Georgia, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Fuck she been eyeing the neighbor a little too closely? Yeah. 
Yep. Take her to the county courthouse on Sunday. Yeah. Wait a second. I honestly, I honestly wish that like some, I, I wish that some super, super kinky ass couple in Georgia would do that. Like if the woman just, you know, likes to be beat with a cane, like, you know, a cane pole, um, to where the husband would go there and just give her a couple of licks to be like, to see if a cop would come try to arrest them. No, this is legal. This is legal. Yeah. I mean, look at the books. Why? We're within the hour. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could fight that in a fucking court and win. They could like, what a. Fucked up situation. And that would be something great if you had a lot of money and time on your hands just to fuck with the government. Yeah. Yeah, we are definitely having an anarchy episode coming yeah. up. Yeah. Um, dumb government. So, let's, let's move on to our next news story. We're only 16 minutes in. We're doing good. Yeah. How um, ghost corporations, ghost corporations are funding the 2016 election. This story comes to us. From the Washington Post, looks like it was by uh, Matea Gold and Anna Nariyamamiyamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamam
Many were formed just days or weeks before making six- or seven-figure contributions, an arrangement that election law experts say violates a long-standing federal ban on straw donors. You know, I used to play Super Pac-Man in the arcade. Did you, though? Yeah. But the individuals behind the ghost corporations appear to face little risk of reprisal from the deeply polarized federal elections commissions, which recently deadlocked on whether to even investigate such cases. Advocates for stronger campaign finance enforcements fear there will be even more pop-up limited liability corporations, LLCs, funneling money into independent groups, making it difficult to discern the identities of wealthy players seeking to influence this year's presidential and congressional contests. The 2016 campaign has already seen the highest rate of corporate donations since the Supreme Court unleashed such spending with its 2010 Citizens United v. FEC decision. One, let's see, one out of every eight dollars collected by Super Pac-Man this election cycle have come from corporate coffers, including millions flowing from opaque and hard-to-trace entities, according to a Washington Post a- analysis of federal campaign finance filings. So far, 680 companies have given at least $10,000 to Super Pac-Man this cycle, together contributing nearly $68 million through January the 31st, the Post found. Wait, 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 wait. Arr? Wait, Arr? How, they're saying this year, this cycle, okay, I don't know when the cycle starts. I was like, if they've contributed $10,000 from January 1st to the 31st, that's, that would be, okay, continue. I'm just well, thinking, most, I'm like, most, most cycles usually go for, go a month at a time or 28 days, usually last for about three days, some heavy players. Well, no, I, I didn't know if it's quarterly or if the cycle started some other time. The, the, I'm thinking beginning of the year, but it may not be a beginning of the year cycle, like, um, at Walmart, the quarter ends in February and not January. So, for so that the returns from the end of uh, January can be accommodated. I wish I could live on a quarter from January to February. That'd be yeah. awesome. The donations make up 12% of the $549 million raised by such groups which can accept unlimited donations. That means corporations are on track to far exceed the $86 million they gave to the Super Pac-Man in this entire 2012 presidential cycle, which such donations totaled 10% of the money raised by such groups, according to data from the Nonpartisan Centers for Responsive Politics. Uh... Many corporation givers this cycle are well-established hedge funds, energy companies, and real estate firms. But a significant share of the money is coming from newly formed LLCs with cryptic names that offer few clues about their backers. I used to love the band LLC. I think Left Eye died, though. Mm-hmm. Among the new players is Children of Israel LLC, a company formed in California last June by Shalfin, Lisa Gow. I hated fighting him on Mortal Kombat. I know. Uh, a real estate agent in Cupertino, California, whose happy realty firm... Happy realty firm? That sounds so Chinese. <laughs> happy realty firm helps Chinese buyers find homes in Silicon Valley. Goddamn, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, on a form filled with a se- with the Secretary of State's office in September, Gao! Gao! Listed Children of Israel... Why is Gao having her thing called Children of Israel? Oh my god. Type of business as donations, according to a document found by researcher for In Citizens United, a Democratic PAC that supports candidates in favor of stricter campaign finance rules. That, that, that 
That's an oxymoron. That whole sentence is an oxymoron. Moron. A a um a fund, a political fund that supports candidates in favor of stricter finance rules. <laughs> the look on Mike's face. My brain is leaking out of my ear. Yeah, weeks after being. <laughs> No, I never rubbed my shoes on his couch. <laughs> well, yeah, I never rubbed my shoes on his couch. Uh, weeks after being formed, Children of Israel gave $50,000 to Pursuing America's Greatness, a super PAC, another super PAC, supporting the presidential bid of former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee, who your buddy Todd says has no chance Huckabee. in hell, and he dropped out already. Goodbye. Um, FEC. What a waste of money. <laughs> FEC records show in November that the LLC gave Pro Huckabee Group $100,000. And in January, it donated $250,000 to Stand for Truth, a super PAC backing Senator Ted Cruz of Tejas. Go! Who has no history of making political contributions in California or at the federal level. Did not respond to repeated calls or emails seeking... Well, what do you expect from a Klingon? Comment. Valerie Martin, a senior advisor to End Citizens United, said the blatant admission by the company that its purpose is to make contributions underscores the degree to which donors feel emboldened to hide behind such entities. This goes to the heart of what's really wrong with the system and how it's broken, she said. I... Th I think it really bothers Americans that people want to influence elections without fingerprints. <laughs> Federal law requires political committees to confirm that a donation is legal before accepting it. Eric Lichen, a fucking werewolf, an attorney yeah. for the pro-Cruz Stand for Truth, declined to address specific donations. A vote for Cruz is a vote for werewolves. Damn straight. Specific donations but said in a statement that the super PAC man at all times complied with the law and investigated any potentially illegal wait, contributions. Wait, so without being verified, he just assured everyone that it is legal. Yeah. Well, I, I can assure you that I legally have a prescription for modafinil. Don't, don't check it, but I, I assure you that I do. I assure everybody that my dick is in fact 12 and a half feet long. Yeah. There you go. I'm not fat. I just have to wrap it around my waist to hide it. Inside your skin. Exactly. Contributions from to contributions from a TLC to super, to a super PAC man are legal and permissible, and the fact standing alone that a contribution from an LLC would not reason to return the contribu not be a reason to return the contribution. He added. Um. So at this point, if you want to read the whole article, WashingtonPost.com. Blah blah blah. Link will be in the show notes. Um, it, it runs a bit long, but it's more of that. Not as long as my dick, though, which I assure you is 12 and a half feet long. Yes. And I assure you as well that I'm also an alien. I mean, not Mexican. I'm not Mexican. <laughs> then you're paying for that fucking wall you're going to be building. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> man, I, that's, so, I, hold on. This is what I love. I love liberals. It's them damn corporations ruining America. Conservatives. The damn government's too big. It needs to be smaller. Well, actually, they're mostly like, them damn liberals. <laughs> um, it's, oh my God. It's, it's, it's the corporations and the government. It's not one or the other. It's both. Both are fucking you in the asshole raw dog. Raw dog fucking you in the asshole. No lube. You're getting fucked. Governments, corporations, 
together. Yep. The big corporations give money to the government to make rules that, that, that seem that seem like it's going to limit big gov- or big business, but what it does is it hurts small business. Yep. It's the big business can pay the fines. The small business they lose their job and go on welfare and start flipping burgers and shit. You know, I actually have a personal story connected to this. I've never mentioned where I work on the show, and I'm not going to mention it now. I'm only going to say that it's a mom and... Uh, he he a, does work for the CIA. Yes. But it's a mom and pop CIA, okay? Only one location. <laughs> ISIS, for everyone that knows what Archer is. I am not a member I, of ISIS or ISIL. I don't need Barack Obama I, I mean, talking about I mean, about Archer, it. not... They're ISIS. They're, oh, yeah. They're spy group. That is fucking ironic. Did they any season on Netflix? No, that just ISIS did, works for uh, Archer yeah. works for ISIS. Wrong ISIS, but anyway, now the the company I work okay, the company I work what for, and I will go as far as saying that I work for a pharmacy. Okay, there you go. It's a mom and pop pharmacy. We do a lot of specialty stuff. Now, um, we used to deal a lot in uh, diabetic supplies. Uh-huh. We used to have quite a big business with diabetic supplies. Our business with diabetic supplies now is virtually non-existent for this reason. The larger companies, your Walgreens, your CVS, your Rite Aid, the big three, okay? They banded together and basically told the diabetic testing suppliers, like your Essentia Contour, the Essentia, and, you know, all those. Precision? Extra, do they do? No, Precision is, yeah, they do diabetic strips. They do other stuff, too. But they basically told the big ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, and they banded together. Okay, get a load of this. Okay, first off, the big companies threaten the insurance companies. It's like, you can no longer, basically, you can no longer, uh, look, we're going to take our business elsewhere and not fill your shit. If you keep sell, well, first they told the distributors, the actual companies that make the diabetes testing supplies, if you keep selling to the mom and pop stores, you're going to lose our business and there goes 90% of your business. So they started drop. So they stopped distributing to the mom and pop places, which means that pharmacies like ours had to try to find other sources to get those, which is damn near hard. And then boosts the cost, our cost up by a great deal. They also, and then get a load of this shit. The diabetic suppliers threatened the insurance companies. Like you need to switch over to these. You only cover these. And that's it. Or basically, you know, I don't know how the fucking threat goes. I think it was a big payoff, actually. Probably. But basically, all of a sudden, all the insurance, all the insurances started switching over to just uh, mainly covering. It basically took uh, like two different uh, two different suppliers as their formularies, which means they wouldn't cover the others or they would underpay on them. Guess what? Because of that. The insurances only switched over to covering those two. And because of CVS and Walgreens and all those, we can no longer carry those two, which killed the well diabetics, played. which killed all that. And yeah. it fucked it over for all sorts of mom and pop diabetic suppliers yeah. to the point where the patients could only could only get off brand stuff and only if they paid cash, which most of the people that are, <laughs> a lot of these people are on Medicare and can't. And Medicare pays for everything, and if Medicare's not going to pay for it, they'll find another fucking way. They'll find another fucking company. Yeah, yeah. They'll find another fucking pharmacy. See, see, my mind was already my mind started going to the free market solution when you're like, 
the the distributors here wouldn't supply to you. I'm like, then your boss needs to go to Alibaba.com and find a Chinese manufacturer that will manufacture them, sell them in bulk, be pretty cheap. But then they won't be covered by Medicare. Exactly. So, yeah. It's a double-edged sword. You can get one, but not the other. And if you get the one, you fuck yourself on the other end. Yeah. So that right there, that right there is the example of government and business mm-hmm. fucking over the the small business and you, the consumer. Yeah. It makes, I mean, <clears throat> the the fucking ethics that are out there make it virtually impossible for fucking small businesses to hang on. But fortunately, I mean, I work for a very talented group of people that know a lot of shit about a lot of shit in the pharmaceutical world, and. They like branched out in other venues and concentrated on the stuff that really goes, and we've pretty much got the market cornered on that in certain ways. Not like a monopoly because there's other places that do what we do, but we're surviving. Yeah, thank God. That's thank the government. <laughs> yeah, but we can't do. And ironically, <clears throat> the name of the company <clears throat> I work for had a lot to do with supplying diabetic supplies. I'm not going to say the name of the company. Yeah. But it's funny because our caller ID, when we call people, it still shows up the full name, not the abbreviated name. And it's just ironic because the full name has the word diabetes in it. Yeah. And we virtually, I mean, that makes up one tenth of one percent of our business now. But changing the name is such a pain in the ass that, yeah. And we just go by the abbreviation. Yeah. That's all the clues you're going to get about where I work. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> good stuff there. I got an email from the producers from Discovery's Naked and Afraid, ca- Naked and Afraid Casting, a new show. Um, hello, whoever this Terrell Bose is. Um, I am a casting producer for Renegade 8.3, the production company behind Discovery Channel's hit show, Naked and Afraid. I was curious if you would be willing to mention our new show we are casting. We are casting a new survival show where we are looking for families with at least one teenager interested in winning land in Alaska to homestead on. Some of you guys might actually be interested in winning Alaska land. Um, if you or anyone you are, if you or anyone you are interested, please no, message. Keep skipping the word no for some. If, if you were anyone you know, if you or anyone you know, it was it was um. I can't remember the name of that thing that Doctor Who uses to hide people with. Um, it was a perception filter around it. I couldn't see it. If you or anyone you know are interested, please message me for details. Also, feel free to check out our website for background on the company, brindagay83.com. I've attached our flyer. I may or may not share it. You can go to the website and look. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, Survive My Wilderness from Producers from Naked and Afraid. So... Maybe, maybe if you are a family and you have a teenager and you're and you would like to win land in Alaska, this might be something for you. You know what? I'm um, a teenager, right? The extra drama. The yeah, extra drama. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, I like Naked and Afraid more than a lot of the other shows because normally I just hit delete when I get these producer emails. Um, I've gotten a few actually. <laughs> I got an email from Naked and Afraid about being on the show before, and I'm like, I. Those motherfuckers go out there and starve for 20 days naked, and they get bugs. They get, like, ants crawl inside their penis holes. So I'm like, eh, not really the show for me, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, so we might want to take control of the main topic. I have a few things to add at the end uh, to, to broaden out to general survival vacation things. Mike is specifically survival... Disney. Disneyland, yes. Yeah, well, I recently took my family 
on a long overdue week-long vacation to Orlando, Florida, where we spent the vast majority of that on the Disney properties. And while I was there, being me and doing what I do, this podcast and hanging out with the survival punk himself, I couldn't help but notice that the Disney properties actually, in the event of catastrophe, have a lot of stuff there that would be majorly beneficial to a survival situation. And uh, just as a little uh, just as a little bonus, I just wanted to tell you guys all about that. Um, I thought I thought my uh, partner here, James, would uh, like to ask me specific questions about that. Like, I mean, you know all the major things that you would need for survival. Just quiz me on, it and I can list it off for you. Once you come back in the room, oh, which you're actually still technically in the room because it's only one big room in here, but you're on the other end. So I'm just gonna keep talking. You do that. Yeah. I'm going to keep talking about stuff. I went in the woods recently. I got a bunch of ticks on me, though. They left little bumps. They itch and burn a little bit. They're going away now, so that's good. What the fuck are you doing back there? I'm getting water. I thought you were just going to talk about your... No, I told you. We talked about this before the show. I wanted you to... But we didn't have questions or anything. I don't... Come on, think for once, goddammit. You don't need prep to think. Oh, I thought you just had this planned out, like, uh... No, I didn't have it planned out. Goddammit. I know all the stuff, but I want I wanted us to have some back and forth rapport on this. What makes you think that Disney has survival uses? Because I was there. That's... You're, you're Britney Spears in me here. I'm not. You started it. <sighs> Thank you, Donald Trump, for that. Okay. Well, let's see. What are some of the key things that you would need in a survival situation? Fire, water, shelter, food. Let's handle these energy. one. Let's handle these one at a time. Where would you like to start? Food. Food. Let's start. No water. Let's do water. Water, food. Just fuck. Tack it together, I guess. Well, when you're coming to okay, let's start with water. Well, fortunately, the one good thing about being in Orlando is technically you're on a peninsula. And you're surrounded by water on all sides. That doesn't count, though. That doesn't. Well, you can do, you can distillerate it, but any fucking How hard way. That is. Yeah. No, there is plenty <clears throat> of water in the Disney parks. If you, I mean, if you want, I mean, if you want to get technical, I mean, you got Let's all the water rides. Of course, they're chlorinated. Scoot closer. Is this better? Can you hear me out there in podcast land? Looks like it. Now there is shit tons of water on the Disney parks. I mean, you've. There's, like, water fountains all over the damn place, for one thing, and they'll keep working because they run independently of stuff. I mean, you wouldn't believe how much, like... I mean, the rest of Florida could be out in the Disney parks would still be running. Hmm. Yeah, so water is not an issue. Food, there is... Oh, God. Dozens and dozens of restaurants, which I imagine have plenty of stuff in refrigerators and in cans that can last you for a very, very long time. I mean, plus... There's also quite a selection of wild animals running around the parks. And if you go over to Disney's Animal Kingdom, you have very large animals over there. Like you could eat a lion. Yeah, they have ostriches, which you know are very edible. They have several different uh, cloven-hooved animals, which Mm. which are all edible. I mean, hell, they have big cats, which are all edible. All these animals are very edible. Animals. And plus, plus, you can keep them fresh, because they'll stay alive long enough for you to... Long enough for you to eat them one at a time. And depending on which animal, like the ostriches, you can also have transportation. So, 
in a survival situation, especially one not, that's not spread over a long period of time, or I mean, hell, you could last at least a couple of months, I would say, on just the food in the parks before shit starts going bad. But like I said, I imagine those restaurants have a lot of shit that's in cans that was that's going to last fucking forever until you fucking open it. Yeah. Now, if you want to talk about shelter, Jesus Christ, on the Disney property, okay, on the Disney properties, they have several resort hotels. You can move thousands of people into those just by themselves. And if you want to just stick straight to the Disney parks, there's buildings all over the damn place. Like I said, there's those restaurants, there's pavilions, there's rides that a lot of them are indoors. I mean, hell, you can move people into Space Mountain and be completely out out of the fucking elements. So, you've got plenty of shelter there. Is that a real mountain or is that man-made? No, Space Mountain? Yeah. No, it's not actually a mountain. I mean, it's a building that a roller coaster's in. Oh. Does it look a mountain? No, it doesn't look like a mountain. It looks like a futuristic white thing. Oh. No, but if you want to talk about a fake real mountain, go over to Disney's Animal Kingdom where they have Expedition Everest. That is a really fun fucking roller coaster where they build a, you know, scaled-down version of Mount Everest. It actually looks like a fucking mountain. They also have the Tree of Life in there, which looks like the biggest fucking tree you've ever seen. It's like 50 feet across, and it looks like the entire trunk's made out of animals. Yeah. But oh, not yeah, like not like a fucking, you know, like, tusk made out of animals. Oh, yeah. But, no, you no. know, you know what I mean. Integrated into it and all that stuff. Now, uh, where were we? We got food. We've covered food. We've covered water. Yeah. We've covered shelter. Now, the park is full of generators. And actually, and it, they actually have uh, gas-powered vehicles as rides there too. So you've got stuff for transportation. Yeah. You've got and fucking heat source, fuel fuel source. Like I said, there's gasoline all over the place. Plus, the park has other than just rides, many other fucking gas-powered vehicles like. The gas-powered and electric-powered and electric powered rechargeable vehicles and shit like that. Just, I mean, hell, just for transporting patient, uh, patients, fucking shit, patients. guests from the parking lot to the actual park, they have these damn uh, shuttles, which I think are like hybrids. They might just be gas-powered, but they're really quiet. They have very quiet engines. Yeah, might be hybrids. But anyway, I mean, you've got that. Price. I mean, plus, okay, go over to, okay, going back to food. If you go over to the Epcot Center, they've got a fully functioning, like, completely edible, whole farming indoor gardening uh, deal going on that has innovative different ways of, like, gardening in small spaces. They deal with a lot of hydroponics. Uh, They have stuff. uh, I mean, hell, it's the only place where I've seen them growing pumpkins suspended. Like hanging from nets and shit. That interested me, yeah, uh, when I saw and that. And the the whole thing where they were growing plant growing edible plants, uh, and the water source was a aquaponics, tank. Aquaponics, yeah. yeah, aquaponics, tank full of fish. I mean, you've got plenty of fucking food there. I mean, the stuff that they grow in there, they actually use for the restaurants in that pavilion, the Lands Pavilion. Oh, that's so good. Oh yeah. So now say you need to get around. Say you need to gr- get around on the water. Well, they've got shit tons of boats. Okay. They've got like an old okay. They've got like an old river boat. They've got the ferries that carry people back and forth from the parking lot to the Magic Kingdom entrance. They've got okay. They've got the rogs, the, the the rogs, the logs, the flume ride like they use for Splash Mountain, which will make damn good multi multi uh, people canoes. They're designed to hold hell hell of a lot of weight and stay afloat. Yeah, and they're fucking durable as hell. I mean, they get flung all over the goddamn place. I mean, if you want to get technical about it, when it comes down to it, roller coaster cars are on wheels. 
And it can be very er easy to convert those to running on, running on land for pushing around supplies and stuff like that. So you've got, tra I mean, you've got transportation. I mean, you've pretty much, you could survive in a, in a post-apocalyptic Disney park for quite some time. And the awesome thing about it is there's four fucking parks, not counting all the water parks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because there's two, at least two water parks. Plus, if you want to stick to just Disney stuff, they've got whole fucking fleets of cruise ships. You know, Disney technically has, I think, the fifth largest navy in the world. I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah the Disney. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got plenty and plenty of shit, plenty and plenty of stuff. Oh, and another cool thing. Um, I mean, you're not going to run out of cooking implements. Some of these are five-star restaurants. So you're going to have, like, fully stocked kitchens full of, like, pans, pots, you know, every fucking thing you need. Plus, what was, I thought was really awesome, which really spurred this on when I was in the line for for Expedition Everest, which is a really awesome roller coaster. Mm -hmm. I mentioned that earlier. You're trying to find the Yeti. It's funny because at one point, the roller coaster, you're zooming around. Then you come up and you look ahead, and it looks like the tracks have, like, been torn up and damaged and are now sticking straight up and all mangled and shit. And it comes to a stop, and you're sitting there for a minute, and you're like, because it gives you that thing, like, I'm, oh, God, I'm about to run off the tracks. Then it stops. Then you zoom backwards at, like, top speed in the dark. So it just completely fucks with you. I mean, it was really fucking fun. I'm, yeah. But no, and the line, which is humongous, these lines are. Yeah. But they put stuff there so you can see it, you know, just to keep you not from being as bored in the line. But, I mean, you go through this one room, and they have all of this, like, fucking heavy-duty heavy fucking survival gear for, like, taking an expedition up to Everest. I mean, all sorts of fucking cooking implements, tents, all, I mean, snowshoes, every fucking, I mean, all this fucking shit that can be used in survival situations. And there's stuff like that all, all the fuck over the place. Nice. And hell, you had a whole new level if you just want to go a few miles up the road to the fucking Universal Studios Islands of Adventure, because they got plenty of shit there, too. They've got big fucking boats, rafts, and all that stuff that are just part of the fucking ride. You remember, op did you ever go to Opera Land to go on the Grizzly River Rampage? Big circular yeah. raft. About, yeah, yeah, they have something like that over there. It was uh, Popeye and Bluto's <clears throat> Bilge Rat Barges. It was just like that. And it's funny, on the line, it's like guaranteed to get you completely drenched. Because you're in that, and you're bouncing around, you're getting splashed. But then, even if you somehow survive all that without getting fucking wet, they're dumping water on you from above. You ride through fucking waterfalls and shit. Hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, you cannot get off that ride and not be soaked completely through to the bone. It's just fucking awesome. Oh, my God. Oh. So, I went whitewater rafting one time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I told you about this. Stupidly in October, but at least here in Tennessee... October usually is still fairly yeah. know, decent weather. Mm -hmm. um, I wore, not waterproof, but fast drying, like synthetic material, like pants and, you know, a shirt that's, you know, like this. It's like polyester, whatever. It dries really quick in the sun. Mm -hmm. My buddy Gabriel wore fucking like tight blue jeans and like oh, God. a cotton shirt. Oh, God. And I'm like... His shit must have been weighing 50 pounds, first off, when he got done with it. 50 pounds. And it, stuck to him so tight. And stuck to him. And it, it wasn't cold, but it was a little chilly. Like, I could have probably wore shorts in the, in the sun, mm. but being soaked in, like, the white the rapids all day... I'm like, I'm glad I wore nylon pants that are dry already. Well, when I got on the bilge rat barges, and I was completely set when I got off, I was dressed pretty much like this. Jeans and a fucking t-shirt, so my shit weighed so much. But it was yeah. fucking 
warm enough down there and we were moving around so much that I dry that I started drying out pretty quick. Yeah, I mean And it's funny they have like if you pay like money they have uh dryers drying stations, which is basically this big booth you get you put like five bucks into and you walk in there and it just blows you with hot air like for a few minutes and you could turn around and everything and yeah. dry it off as much as you can. I'm like, God damn it. That should be fucking complimentary for what they charge for it everything. Should in here. Be, yeah. <clears throat> but no, you can survive in the apocalypse down in Orlando very easily. I might say. Yeah. Now you wanted to, uh, you wanted to tag on to this with some vacation. Some survival vacation tips, um, which I mean, obviously <clears throat> you went on vacation, uh, probably more recently. I mean, it's been a while since I've been on vacation. Uh, before that, it's been it's been a while since I took an honest vacation. I've been promising my kids, specifically, I've been promising Fiona since she was like three that I was going to take her to Disney yeah. World. I mean, she's twelve now. I hated it that it fucking took me that long. So I promised her when she got old enough, I was going to take her to Disney World because I wanted a way to twelve show. Twelve is me. probably a good time though. I mean, whereas well, like she's big enough to get on all the rides. Exactly. And- <clears throat> yeah, I wanted to take her when she was going to get the most out of it. Yeah. Now, and then we had Logan when she was four, and I'm like, okay, now he we got- just barely fit on most of the rides. He just, yeah. Now he was like an inch above <clears throat> the minimum height, and there was a couple of rides where you could be like the one where you're driving cars around the track. You had to be this. T- you had to be a certain height to ride, but you also had to be a certain height to drive. Yeah, and I could understand that because your feet wouldn't reach the fucking rails. Right. So I mean, he was old enough to. Uh, he was hot, tall enough to ride on that, but wasn't tall enough to drive, which really upset him. So I got him away from the station where everybody was. Took my hands off the wheel. I'm like, have fun. I just told him to steer, and he didn't want to at first. I'm like, you better because we're just gonna run. Crash. We're just well. The Tin Lizzie's at Opperland, I think you said you never rode those, but they run around. There's a, I mean, you can free steer, but there's like a track bar where it'll only let you steer, steer so far over. It keeps you in a certain designated area. But you work your gas pedal, you work your brake pedal, you work your steering wheel. And I just took my hands off. I'm like, you better start steering. And all of a sudden, we start banging back and forth off the bar. And he grabs the dab thing. And then he's deliberately banging us back yeah. and forth. Oh, he was having a blast with that. <laughs> Oh, uh, there was a, there was a, they had like this other kind, weird kind of rides. They had like three different versions. We got on the Aladdin version of it where you fly in a magic carpet. Yeah. Uh, they had it in the uh, Animal Kingdom in Dino Land where you're riding in Triceratops. Same deal. Right. And uh, the Dumbo rides, which I think were actually the very first ones, did the exact same thing. Basically, you go around in a circle and you're on a bar and you raise up and down. Now, most theme parks, that would be completely automated. It'll raise you up and down and all that shit. No, you can control them in the cars. People in the front front seat, like on the Aladdin ride, can control the up and down motion with a joystick. People in the back seat can control the tipping forward, tipping back motion. So me and Andrea are sitting in the back seat. Logan, Fiona, and Tony are sitting in the front seat. And I'm like, Logan gets to Logan gets to control the up and down. So he'd raise us up and then drop us really fucking quick. We had a, I mean, we were laughing our asses off the whole time on this. We had, and it was sucked because it was like a 45 minute wait time. Just standing there waiting for 45 minutes. And that's the thing about Disney. Those wait times piss you off. Then you get on the ride and you get off thinking, totally worth it. Yeah. Totally worth it. Of course, we try to use fast passes as much as possible, which skips you to the front of the line. Uh-huh. That was fucking awesome. Oh, hell, I completely forgot about the fucking rafts that are in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Those are good boats. There you go. Oh, yeah. And the fucking... I would say... I would also mention the rides on the junk... The boats on the Jungle Cruise, but they're completely on tracks. The The guide... 
they have a guide on there that talks you through this safari cruise oh. type thing. And there, ours was a really funny chick, used a lot of puns and stuff. She kept, you know, she kept people laughing. But there's a steering wheel on there which she would turn. And you could tell that she really wasn't doing a goddamn thing. That was there just for show. But they have to turn it to make it look like they're steering the boat, which they're not steering the boat at all. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, your wife messaged you earlier and said, hey, she wants us to be done for some reason. I'm assuming. Anyway, um, I, I guess I only have a few sort of things about survival. And then we need to do the, the nutrition prunk and then wrap this bitch up because we're at the hour mark. Um, nutrition prunk. <laughs> nutrition prunk. So I know when I went to New Orleans, I I checked. So I, if you're going on vacation and you are a handgun carry permit owner, um, carrying your handgun is probably a smart idea. Um, a lot of people get mugged and or killed on vacation. So if you have that option, um, just double check the reciprocity laws to where you're going to see if they honor your handgun carry permit. Um, if not, there's a couple weird little workarounds you can do. Uh, not, not saying we're going to break the law here, but, uh, it's weird how like Florida has a non-resident issued handgun carry permit that you can get online through places like the, uh, it's like online carry permit or something. I, I've worked with them before. Uh, I think I took their course. It was fun. Um, but Florida, I think is the only place they'll issue a non-resident permit and for some weird reason, their permit is honored by a lot of places. Huh. So, you know, because a lot of the states won't, like, some, a lot of states will work well together where it's like, um, I think me having a Tennessee state carry permit is honored by, like, Florida and Arkansas and um, New Orleans. No, no. Louisiana. <laughs> Louisiana. It's honored by Louisiana. So I knew when I was going down there that I was able to carry my handgun in New Orleans, not Mardi Gras. <laughs> That's that a bad idea. No, no. And, and and this is what I still drank. So I was drinking and handgun carrying and drinking don't mix. No. Um, bad, bad idea. But uh, you know, check to see where you're going, and if you can carry it, then definitely do carry it. If not, um, wor- you know, worry about that. Like uh, I went on vacation in Missouri <coughs> one time. And to and and we're gonna have a range day there camping with the zombie squad guys. So I took all of my guns, but to get there I had to clip the corner of Illinois, and I was I was like fuck oh, you God. Illinois. I was I was I was driving through like following every law I could possibly get hit. It was yeah I was because you know I had like in the back because I have a hatchback I can't really separate shit that well. So in the back seat in a case, but not locked. I may have had a trigger uh, trigger lock on it, but I had AR-15 in the back seat along with like, um, I think that's all I, I think I took the AR and the, my handgun to be honest. Um, so yeah, uh, so that, um, you might want to get a, a different way to carry your money besides your back wallet or get a chain wallet or carry it in your front pocket. Um, they make like, they make belts that have like, uh, spots in them that like slide money in. Like you unzip the middle of it and put money in them. Mm-hmm. Um, they make like, uh, ankle, ankle, uh, wallets you can wrap around your ankle. Um, cause you may be sitting there thinking, well, I, I will know if someone tries to steal my wallet, but if you watch those magician shows, they'll get your wallet and your fucking, like, watch off your hand talking to you and not, you won't even know. I've seen those motherfuckers steal people's ties and belts and all sorts of shit. Yeah, yeah, so if you can, what, whatever you can do to, to, to eliminate that risk, um, 
I'm not a big fan of, uh, what is it, traveler's checks? They work, but they're a hassle, and most places don't want to take them anymore. Um, so I'm not, I'm not a real big fan of that. I would just say just split up your money and not try to keep it all in your back pocket. Um, if you have more tips, send them to me. That's, I mean, I'm just kind of drawing a blank, and we're running low on time. So let's do the five pillars of optimal health from our buddy Gary, Gary Collins at the Primal Power Method. We're going to run through this. You can find it at the Primal Power at the Primal Power Method, and the link will be in the show notes, of course. Uh, don't don't forget to check out Gary's uh, store, his his supplements. He's got better prices on did shit. Did we interview him? We did twice. Oh yeah, I thought his name sounded familiar. Yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah, he was yeah, one of my favorite guests. No, he wasn't. They're all my favorite guests. I love them all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's his supplements. Except that one guy. That one guy sucks. Uh, oh yeah. That yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh. Gary Collins. His store. He's got some some of the best prices on supplements. Like, and his greens are organic and better than anywhere else. So anyway, number one. Paleo Primal Nutrition, you know, no shit there. Everyone who follows me knows that I consider the cornerstone of better health and better life to be nutrition. It starts with food. Do exercise all you want, but if you are not fueling fueling your body properly, you will still you're you're still on the perpetual wheel of poor health. Uh, it's I mean, if you're trying to lose weight and you're eating like shit, I, I, you're just not gonna work. Um, get the nutrition first, and then worry about exercise second or third or fourth or twelfth. Number two, primal, primal movements, exercise. When it comes to exercise, we definitely overthink it big time. Oh, wait, we're on, we're a sponsored link? Yeah. Interesting. We're free, but it's sponsored, when, yeah. When it comes to exercise, we definitely overthink it big time. Americans are constantly jumping from fad to fad instead of realizing simplicity and consistency that is the key. You don't have to spend hundreds or even thousands of dollars on the latest infomercial piece of so-called equipment, exercise equipment shit. Those products are made to make you lose weight in one area, your fucking wallet. Yeah. I've been using the same simple, straightforward exercise principles for decades, and these are the same ones I teach my clients. Matter of fact, I sell all the exercise equipment you need. A good set of resistance bands and a jump rope, all for under sixty freaking dollars. Yeah, that's. I spent more than that. I spent more than that on my Olympic barbell with no weights. Jesus Christ! So, what are the core resistance exercises I use and teach? Air squats, push-ups, dips, and pull-ups. I know what three of those are. What do you not know? Dips. I'll sh- that's what I was talking about outside with those uh, those gymnastic rings I built. I'll show oh, you. Okay. Um, uh, she's fine. Okay. Um, I didn't know. If, yeah, I figured. Adequate out sleep. Adequate sleep. God, this. Um, I hate to disagree with you, Gary, but I would probably even put this second. Um, if if you're dieting and exercising and you're sleeping like a college student, you're probably still fucked. And if you're, if you're, wait a minute, what do you mean sleeping like a college student? Please expound on that. Uh, not sleeping. If you, if well, that's what they're saying. Adequate sleep. Well, that's what I'm saying though. But I would probably put this even higher. Like this might even be above nutrition. Like if you're eating right and not sleeping right, you're still fucking yourself. Oh yeah, because you're fucking with your entire metabolism, your biology. Yeah. You're yeah. throwing your fucking, uh, you're throwing your internal clock off. 
Yeah, everything. And you know, if you're if you're going days and days, it it it, it hormonally it destroys your body. We'll, we'll see what Gary has to say. You know, your body cycles. Your body completes one complete cycle of everything it does in 24 hours and 11 minutes. Huh. Move the time up. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I wonder if aliens born on planets with different time periods, if their bodies produce, if their bodies go through cycles. And they say it's primarily based on the the rotation of the Earth around the sun. That's why it's at like 24 hours and 11 minutes. Humans over eons and is eons. That, hold on. Is that every human? Do Inuits have a different cycle? You makes you wonder, seeing how they get several months of darkness and several types and, and like of And Fili- Filipinos that have longer, like people that have longer sunlight hours, you know, because obviously the equator is more. Um, what makes you wonder? Well, that's the thing. Uh, it's weird with the Filipinos because half of them are insanely hard working, the other half of them are completely fucking lazy. It's like extremes. There's like no gray area. Huh. It's either you're one or the other in the Philippines. I know because my dad lives there. Yeah. He's seen this all this shit. His wife is up at a lot of time. He wakes up at six, he'll wake up at six in the morning. She'll already be fucking scrubbing the floors on her hands and knees with a fucking like sponge. Wow. And she stays up later than him cleaning. Huh. I mean, she's the kind of woman that has worked, like, anywhere from two to three jobs her entire life. Basically, because she she was one end of the spectrum, and her late husband was the other end. Oh, he God. was a completely lazy deadbeat that let his wife support him. Nice. What a jackass. Uh, with our on-the-go, with our go-go society today, we need to bring back go-go girls. I miss them. Uh, with our go-go society today, this is one of the toughest ones for most. But with some simple tips, I think we can... Uh, we, I think we can all at least do better and get a little more shut-eye. Simple, t- simple tips for a good night's rest. One, reduce or eliminate your exposure to bright lights, such as fluorescent lights, for at least two hours before you go to bed. Makes sense. Two, go to sleep by 10.30. Uh, i, I got to follow up on this. This means that you need to be in bed by 10 and allow enough time to wind down and fall asleep. Um, your body has this like built-in like biochemical mechanism to... like. At, at 11, if you're still awake, you kind of hit second wind. And it makes it a little bit harder to go to sleep. Like if you're, I know exactly what that no, is. No, that's legitimate. That, that's built into us. No, I experienced that a lot. Like a lot of nights, I'll be around 10.30, I'll start dozing off, and sometimes I'll fucking fall asleep if I pop back awake. All of a sudden, I'm wide the fuck awake. Yeah, that's why. That's, I mean, I'm no longer tired. I'm no longer dozy, sleepy, or anything. I'm wide awake, and then I have to fight like hell to get back to sleep. Yeah. Because I've just fallen asleep for five fucking minutes. Yeah, if you don't, if you like, like you said, you know, you plan to go to bed by ten, by ten thirty, you you get drowsy, drowsy, and you're gone to sleep. But if if you're going to bed at like eleven thirty, you're probably hitting that second wind. You're probably not. It's, you're going to be awake all night, and that's when you're tossing and turning, and you're having trouble. Yeah, that's probably part of the reason why I occasionally get bad bouts of insomnia. Because I usually don't go to bed until 11, 11.30. Yeah, and then you hit a second wind, mm-hmm. uh, which I wonder, biochemically, I, I bet there's a good reason for that, but I've read about that. And you know, it's like that, because <laughs> well, a lot of times, especially when I was younger, not so much now, but I would deliberately try to stay awake for several days at a time. My personal <sighs> record was five days, 120 hours. Uh, but I realized there was a lot of times I'd stay awake after a certain time, and I'd be, I'd be so tired, and all of a sudden... And then after a while, boom, I'm wide awake again. Yeah. I mean, my body's still fatigued, but I am alert as hell. And it'll go like that until you start hallucinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you will. Yeah. Do not consume any products or drinks containing sugar, caffeine, or nicotine after 1 p.m. in the afternoon. This will allow your body sufficient time to eliminate most or all of these non-sleep-friendly stimulants before you snooze. What uh, drinks have nicotine in them? Just smokes, probably. I'm, I'm, it's a stimulant. Nicotine is a stimulant. I don't drink my, I don't drink my tobacco. Yeah. 
Do not consume. They oh. said consume, not drink. Well, they started um, lifting off all these drinks, and I got confused. Yeah. Um, which is weird, because yesterday... I think um, that shit just kicked in, Silent Bob. Yeah, yesterday while I was... Uh, yeah. Yesterday... We're taking cocaine, people. Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> we're not. No. Um, so yesterday, uh, I got off work, and then I came here, and then me and your wife went to go meet you for lunch, and I went running, and your wife went walking, and I um, I actually drank a, a Vente Americano from Starbucks, which is four shots of espresso. Uh. Strong as shit. Uh, I love I, I love fucking espresso shots. Yeah, came home, went straight to sleep, slept for eight hours, um, which does not mean that Gary is wrong and that you should probably not consume caffeine right before bed. The fact that I drank four shots of espresso and then slept great for eight hours, one, I was up for twenty three hours, yeah. twenty two. You were damn near up for an entire cycle. Two, I think my adrenals were shot anyway, and I probably need to go off caffeine for a couple weeks to. To get the tolerance back or something. That's going to um, be a rough ride. It, oh, God. I didn't want to talk about it. Uh, so, get some exercise every day. Yes. Make sure you have finished your last meal of the day at least three hours before bed. Uh, I go for like two, but yeah, whatever. Um, make sure your room is dark as possible. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I So, I have noticed that eating your carbs before bed works well for helping you sleep well. Um, it may or may not work for you. Try reading a book 34 30 to 45 minutes before bedtime. Um, I used to do that. I used to like read some fiction, not not nonfiction, make it fiction a couple minutes before bed, you know, 15 minutes, not 30 or 45 for me. Um, and it helps your mind sort of like go into that relaxation mode and you chill out. Uh, follow your body's natural sleep rhythms unless you work third shift. I know my body will not go to sleep if it's not ready. If I force myself to sleep when I'm not tired yet, I just remain awake longer. Yeah. Um, Follow a regular sleep schedule. I do follow this. I try to I try to always go to bed at the same times. Um, you should always go to bed and wake up at the same time every day whenever possible. Uh, I aim to do this even on weekends. Uh, I can't do this and holidays, so I don't readjust my sleep cycle. Uh, when you work thirds, your life is fucked up. Mike, number four. Oh, I think the next slide. Stress management. I'm a firm believer that managing your stress levels is crucial in optimal, to optimal health. Every part of your body is incredibly sensitive to any type of stress, including positive and negative. Mm -hmm. I've had clients who have had, who have everything dialed in when it comes to the primal lifestyle, but unable to manage their stress, and as results are not good. Matter of fact, stress plays a major role in your immune system and it can impact your blood pressure, cholesterol levels, brain chemistry, blood sugar levels, and hormonal balance. Having spent a great deal of my life in the military and law enforcement, I have seen firsthand the damage chronic stress can have on your heart. I lost count of the co-workers over the years that suffered debilitating, deadly heart attacks from the stresses of the job. I consider our health and finances to be two of the biggest stresses on our lives today. Here are five great ways that you can deal with everyday stress. One, exercise. Two, get outside and experience nature. Three, eat healthy. Four, get your finances yes. in order, which is a, where a great deal of stress comes from. Yeah. And four, avoid assholes. That's right, I said it. Avoid them like the fucking plague. Yeah, I like number five here. Be a better person. I've said this time and time again. If you are a healthy asshole, you are still an asshole. I... I'm going to steal that quote, Gary. Uh, being a better person and helping those around you is one of the greatest ways to truly be happy and healthy. Unlike that person that I recently posted the story on Facebook who dragged 
who dragged a swan out of the lake and actually killed it just to get a selfie. What, what the, the fuck? fuck? You owe me a Coke. <laughs> uh, don't be that per. What the fuck, people? Don't be that person. Um, when you boil it down to what truly is the primal power method is all about, uh, I'm not perfect, but I try my best to help as many people as I can with my unique knowledge and when it comes to nutrition, exercise, and living a more self-reliant lifestyle. Um, I think Gary nailed that. Um, yeah. the whole, the whole, yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, nothing to add there. Good job, Gary. Uh, especially, yeah, being an asshole, just don't fucking do that. Yeah. And on that bombshell. It ain't on that bombshell yet. We can keep going. We still have two things on here. What do we have left? Our survival thingy. I wanted to talk about it. Oh, we need, yeah, we need Eh, we're over an hour. It's normal for Fuck us. Fuck it. Well, I haven't been on the show in like over a month now. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm fucking, I'm seeing this goddamn list yeah. through. Okay, so we built something recently. And our survival thingy. Yeah, our, I, I, had, I had a project that I was going to do, and then your wife had a project that she'd been wanting to do for years. Yeah, we had heard been talking about it for years. So we, on the spur of the moment, combined the projects and impulse bought everything we needed, and we created what we like to call our CrossFit Hammock Hangout. Yeah, which we still need to work up a better name. If you have a name for our our Nook thingy, I'll take a picture and post it in the show notes. Uh, send it in to jamesrylpunk.com or leave it in the show notes, episode 98. Sarahpunk.com, episode 98. Damn near to triple digits. I think. I'm pretty sure, yeah, last episode was 97. So if I remember to to title it right, you can just go there like that. Um, So I wanted two 4x4 beams in the ground, uh, and I wanted wanted at least 8 feet. Uh, 12 feet would have been better, but uh, my car was small, so I couldn't get them. Um, And to run a pull-up bar across them and then drill holes in them to put pegs to have a, uh, like, sort of a bench press and... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, squat station so I can put the bar on there, load the weights, and then get underneath it, you know, or um, you have the safety bar across it so you can you can do, you can put your bar on it when you're bench pressing. Um, your wife wanted... Well, me and her both wanted this. You, yeah, yeah. We wanted, uh, we wanted a place, because we have hammocks, but and believe it or not, even though we have lots of woods on the property, without going way the fuck down in there and cutting other stuff down... There's not really a lot of places out here that we can hang our hammocks comfortably, so we wanted to build a hammock hangout. Basically, we wanted to put like f- we wanted to put like four fucking uh, four twelve foot four by fours, sink them in the ground, and like so we could have a place to attach our hammocks. And we realized both of our projects involve f- putting four by fours straight into the ground. Yeah, I wanted two, they wanted four, so I bought two, they bought two. We yeah. just split the cost down the middle and. And bought, you know, the, the concrete, and I had a, a post hole digger for another project, so... Yeah, basically, yeah, our pro- the the ingredients to our little masterpiece here basically consist of four 12-foot-length 4x4s, four bags of concrete, uh, enough, uh, like, uh, eye bolts to hang up uh, hammocks from basically... All four posts. Yeah, from all four posts going... Plus smaller ones for the kids' hammocks. Exactly, yeah. So we can technically hang up five hammocks on there. And a black iron pipe for pull-ups. Mm-hmm. And that was essentially it. Yeah. I mean, we had to do, we started off we were going to dig three-foot holes in the ground, but we realized we got the concrete. We could probably we could get away with two-foot holes. The reason I know this is years ago, I had to help a friend 
uh, put a uh, electrical pole when they were sitting at their house. <laughs> now, it was supposed to go three feet in the ground. And this is like a 25-foot pole. But because we were using concrete, he only sunk it two feet into the ground. And it holds perfectly fine without any wobble. So I'm like, if it can work for a 25-foot pole that heavy, this two feet is going to be plenty ample for four 12-foot 4x4s. Yeah, mostly. We still got a... We still have one pole that's wobbly. Yeah, we got one pole. That's because I think the... We the did whole, the we did the concrete different on that one. Yeah, we did the concrete different on that one, and but basically it's a bunch of concrete in the ground covered by dirt. We're gonna dig back up the dirt and put another bag of concrete. Yeah, in that and then one. your wife had an idea of getting a, I think she said, a, a two by six. If you put it behind those two poles and bolt them in on the backside, mm-hmm. facing your your parent in law's house, mm-hmm. that should that should at least stabilize in that direction. And hell, we could run two by sixes this way too, and. It should be all squared up. I mean, but for the beginning of something, I mean, because this is something that's going to get built onto. Yeah, yeah, That's the thing about this design being, that's the awesome thing about this design. It is like an infinitely add-on toable. Yeah, which we both, I realized that um, I built my bars too far. So the front bars are six feet apart. The back bars are 10 feet apart. Roughly ish. Unfortunately, um, that six feet apart kind of screwed you on the. Yeah, I have a seven foot, seventy-two inch long, no, seven foot, seven foot long Olympic barbell, mm-hmm. which means that it will not fit in between the six foot um, uprights. But because of our design, it would be so easy to just get another four by yeah. four um, and just and point it out from any fucking direction on that damn thing. Yeah, I'm just gonna put it yeah out to one side, and then I'm gonna drill holes in that pole. You know, one inch holes to put in my. Basically, my pegs that they'll sit on. They're, yeah, we could always attach pipes. it to that one wobbly pole, and if, and with a bar across it, it would stabilize it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's what well, I mean. What I mean. Yeah, whatever. The, both, the possibilities both are fucking. Yeah. The possibilities are fucking endless. Yeah. And honestly, and then we built ghetto uh, Olympic rings using a uh, torn up hose pipe and some five fifty cord. And guess what? To build this awesome thing that we're now using, what was it? It was like. I think, $162.58. No, it was, it was like $126. I keep, I keep adding more. It was yeah, it was like, I paid, because we were supposed roughly. to split it half and half, but because I had cash and you had a card and everything and I didn't have blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. I basically, um, I paid like $65. You paid like $58 and change. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. But still, I mean, think about that. That's, that's like fucking, that's, that's like peanuts. And we've got something that we can keep adding on to, and it's really awesome. I mean, hell, just for the fucking hammocks, you sh- me and my family have been using it every day, and it's been getting me outside into the fucking into fucking nature. Yeah. I mean, been, I mean, I'm laying out there, but whatever. Yeah. I've been using it a little bit for pull-ups and stuff, uh, training for that, because I'm actually training. I'm training to do a workout. You've also... D- you. Yeah, you're training to do a workout. A workout. You're training to do a workout. That's funny as hell. Yeah. But you've actually already added on to it. The the Olympic rings? Yeah, the Olympic rings. I mean, it's kind of a ghetto design, but... It works you, for now. It works for now. I mean, tell them what you use to, to make the Olympic well, yeah, rings. Yeah, paracord and uh, some busted old P- PVC pipe. You run it through it and tie it up. Um, the, the, the PVC pipe. Not PVC pipe. Uh, it's garden hose. Pipe, garden hose. Yeah. Um, it, 
it kind of pinches on something, so like dips are a little bit hard. Not that I can really do dips that well, anyway. Um, I mean, you do want something firmer that's going to keep that. Really yeah, well, eventually I'll I'll post a tutorial. Like I I saw it like making your own wooden Olympic rings, which are like thirty dollars. You can make them out of like plywood, which is I mean really cheap, and it's mm -hmm. it does it's not that hard. You use a jigsaw and all the tools that I have. So yeah, uh, for now works fine though. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, and then next, uh, well, I don't have any weights right now. So I was telling your wife, I think I think I may even like talk about it on the show and do we'll do a YouTube video or something. I think I'm gonna make next week on payday or you know the payday weekend when I'm hanging out with you guys. Uh, I think I'm gonna make a ghetto deadlift bar or maybe even a few because so probably one though. You get like like black pipe what I used to do the pull ups with, right? And you get a five gallon bucket. We've got you get. Uh, Two bags of concrete, mm -hmm. you put the concrete in a bucket, you mix it, you put your pole in there, you let it sit overnight. The next day, you flip it over, put concrete in the next bucket, and you know, use Seem, it. Seeming like it would do in the second bucket would be a lot harder. You gotta flip it up, it's a little bit hard, but. And then. Uh, because you now have like that solid weight on the top end of the pole. Ratchet strapped to one of our 4x4s so it can't tip over and fall anywhere. Yeah, you got a point there. And then. Uh, Plus, don't you gotta worry about the pole driving through the underbelly of the bucket? I mean, that's a lot of weight being focused on one small part of a it's, plastic It's bucket. no more than 80 pounds, I mean. Yeah, but it's all focused on that one small spot. Yeah. Hmm. I, I mean, lots of people do it. I mean, I don't I don't think it's going to bust through it. I don't know. You know what I would recommend? Huh. Probably just like a small, like maybe a one-inch piece of wood in a square. You put that in the bucket first and so you can have something to put the pole on. That spreads out the weight more even, yeah. evenly. It's not going to add that much onto it. And I mean, I mean, I saw people put like a two-inch PVC pipe into it and leave it there, mm -hmm. and then it'll fit on my Olympic bar. Hmm. I just cast them that way. But um, you can get. I think I, I think I've looked on a couple of sites, and they say you can get ninety six, ninety eight pounds per five gallon bucket. So obviously, you need. More than one bag of cement. You need like one and a half bags of cement or so, roughly, mm -hmm. um, to like fill the, the bucket you say completely. Cement. cement. You say it like a Beverly Hillbilly. You don't say cement. You're like cement. Cement. Because they used to go swimming in the cement pond. Cement. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, so you know if it's close to 100 pounds, that'd be 200 pounds for deadlifting. That's that's a good amount. Um, I think I usually deadlift 260. But yeah. Fun times, working out. I'm even getting Mike out there, so we might do some workout stuff. Um, Mike's going to have one big arm. <laughs> one big muscular arm. I don't know. I want to get uh, the Homer Simpson one muscle, muscly well, arm. Actually, you said you actually really want upper body strength. Yeah, so. I really do. Yeah. So you can just come by for my upper body workouts and then uh, even the deadlift. Like, I think the deadlift would be good. I, what I thought about doing was just having you do three exercises. Deadlifts. Uh, deadlifts. Squats and push presses so that'll probably be good but do we have something else can we wrap up yes we're we at hour one 20 more thing. yeah i know i know my wife just asked me are you guys done yet right, hold on you yeah so uh so the workout i'm work training for guys is murph i'm gonna see if i can go to a community wad for that it's uh in honor of fallen soldier Michael Murphy, Lieutenant Michael Murphy. I'm sorry, I'm making that wrong. Um, but yeah, it, it it's a brutal, brutal workout. But uh, we'll see. I'm dumb. I like pain. 
All right, and now it is time for the second in what's supposed to be a weekly series of Mike rants spread out over several months now. Yeah. So here is Mike's rant for this week. Being gay in the USA. Look, I'm a pro-choicer when it comes to gays. If you want to be gay, I have nothing against that. I don't even have a problem against you guys getting married. But I do have a problem with one fucking thing. You fucking suing people for not wanting to service you. Like this whole thing with the fucking cake. Gays are suing this fucking bakery because they refuse to make a cake for them because they're gay. Well, they've recently passed this they've recently passed this law that now states that a business can lawfully refuse service to gay people on that on the, for that reason. Now, why the fuck are you suing these people? Is it really that goddamn important to make to make somebody that obviously doesn't want your business fucking make you something? They're just going to spit in the goddamn batter. Don't you fucking realize that? If they don't want to service you, that means they don't like you. Take your fucking business to somebody that actually has zero problems with taking your money. Don't waste your goddamn time. Don't waste my goddamn time. And don't fill our stupid airwaves on slow news days with bullshit about you being whiny about it. If you want to be gay and you want to be married, that's fine. Go fucking... Fucking patron, uh, give your patronage to somebody that actually doesn't mind spending your queer money. And that's what Mike's ranting about this week. Yeah. See, this, I hate it. They're like, you won't make us a cake. We're going to sue you. My first thought would have been, I need to start a website or a cell phone app to map out places that are anti-gay friendly, anti-lesbian gay. Yeah, so you can avoid them. So you can avoid them. And then have ones that show up like, oh, Joe Bob's Baker doesn't like gay people, but Billy Bob's Bakery fucking loves the gays. So give him your business. Fuck give them all your business. All your business, yeah. All I mean, yeah, you could just, a little app shows places on a map, and I'll have like some kind of an icon, like gay-friendly, non-gay-friendly. I mean, that's so fucking easy. They've got apps for every goddamn thing else. That would be so fucking easy. Yeah. Copyright, survivalpunk.com. Yeah, the Gaydar app. Gay. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That and on See, that- I, I try. I told this idea to people, and they're like, "Well, you should do it." And I'm like, "I don't really think I need to go champion an app to help gay people find businesses that are pro gay." Yeah, that's nothing. Like to do. that probably needs to be someone like in your community. Like, yeah. yeah. It's sad that two straight guys out in the backwoods are fucking coming up with better ideas. I almost said the new Nancy boys, but that would be just so fucking, uh, yeah. that would be like so anti-gay. And I'm not anti-gay. Yeah. I I have the most, you know, I'm a live and let live guy. I mean, if, to be honest. If sword fighting in the shower makes you happy, fucking clash them swords. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, if I went to a bakery and there was like a bakery next door and one was like, we're anti-gay. And the other one was like, we're pro-gay or we don't give a shit. I'm probably going to go to the gay bakery. I bet they can bake better. I mean, and and they're not full of hate. Like, I I really, like, if there was a, I mean, I would rather a company be like, we just don't give a fuck what you are. We make cakes. That has nothing to do with gayness. (sighs) Yeah, they just need to put signs up. If you're gay, come this way. Yeah, so if you are an app developer, make this. You know what? We've actually performed a public service here. We've actually given people useful advice on what to do. Despite the fact that we are not part of that lifestyle. 
And on that bombshell... It is time to end. So for the Survival Pump Podcast, this is Couch Potato Mike. This is James Sicklin Burnett. And remember, stressed backwards is desserts. DIY to maintain our apps. You guys...